Hello, I'm Keith, and this is my dad, Kerwin. Welcome back to Father and Son, a Star Wars podcast. Thank you for joining us on this episode our guest is maria co-founder and host of sisters with sabers a podcast designed to be a safe space for people to connect and to support each other the podcast was created by women of color in 2020 and covers not just star wars pop culture but talks uh, topics on diversity and inclusion maria welcome to father and son the star wars podcast hi thanks for having me Thank this is going to be fun yes yes i am looking forward to this uh, even before we begin, I just wanted to say thank you um, to you and to Sisters with Sabres. Um, when we were, you know, we started our podcast a year ago and we were talking about what social social media websites, uh, sites we wanted to get on. Twitter was one of the last ones because we, you know, just heard stories about Twitter, the Twitterverse and, you know, how the people there are not very nice. So we were kind of hesitant to get onto Twitter, but we did. And when we did, you were one of the, the first persons to really welcome us into the Star Wars community. So once again, you know, you, you just opened your arms as soon as you heard about us and thank you. And um, when you invited us to your um, your podcast last year, it to me is still one of my favorite moments um, since creating this podcast. So I just want to thank you again. It, it was one of my favorite moments too. Um, I, I believe that it's every fan's responsibility um, to create that environment to welcome others, whether they're a person of color or a trans person, you know, it's, it's our job to make it a welcoming environment for all people, and we all need to take ownership of that. Um, and it was, it was a real um, blessing in my life to be able, that was one of the dreams that I had when I started the show was to be able to open the door for more people of color to join the Star Wars fandom and share their experience. Because when I started, there was no, there, there was nothing. There was no door open for us. There were a few um, Black podcasters that were on like channels and teams with people, but there was no space that was for us by us and um i said i'm gonna i'm gonna be that person to open that door for us and i want to invite others to come through that door so you have no idea like how amazing that interview was for me it was like very meta at the time to be looking at you guys and i'm like oh my god i did it <laughs> in some small way yeah. i accomplished the thing that i was dreaming of so thank you no, all right. Thank you very much, Sam. We're welcome. We're glad to have you on our podcast. Okay, so Miss Maria, <coughs> tell us about How your you? childhood. <laughs> How are you doing? Oh yeah. What? <laughs> How are you doing? How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Okay, all right. Good. <laughs> That's cute. Again. I was going to say, uh, tell us about your childhood and where did you grow up? <laughs> That was a very, very long time ago. Um, I, I was born in Florida. Thank you for asking. 
Um, and where I grew up, it was the 80s. It was the 80s when I grew up. And um, there was no YouTube. There was no internet. And you, you had to find friends by talking to them. Mm-hmm. And you had to ask them what they like and find out if you liked anything that they liked, you know? Um, so uh, yeah, growing up was, was interesting. Um, I grew up in a neighborhood where I was the only person that looked like me. Um, there weren't a lot of people that um, had brown skin or um, thick curly hair or big full lips, you know, and um, these were things that at the time uh, seemed to be problems. <laughs> um, later in life, I, I come to understand that there are things that make me special and, and things that I'm very proud of. Um, so it, it took a while to grow into that, right? Um, I was the only kid that I knew that looked like me who liked comic books and uh, Pokemon and uh, those types of things. So it was, um, it was pretty difficult to be a girl and to be interested in those things. Um, the Star Wars bug didn't hit until way later in life. Um, but my dad, uh, it was, again, it was the 80s. He was a nice dad, but um, he made it very clear that Star Wars was for boys and uh, girls were supposed to play with dolls. Yeah, that look on your face is the same face that I made as a kid. It was very confusing. Yes, Miss Ahsoka. My, my, co my co-star is here. Yes. Can you say hi? Hello. <laughs> Miss Ahsoka's here. Um, so this is my daughter. She's three. Say hi, Ahsoka. Hello. <laughs> she's, she's happy to be here too. <laughs> um, but yeah, growing up was tough um, when my parents separated because sometimes um, grownups don't always stay together. Um, being married is tough. And sometimes there are problems that show up that you can't always overcome. And when my mom and dad decided to go separate ways, um, hey mom, yes, is that Uncle Joe? No, it's not Uncle Joe. <laughs> he looks a lot like Uncle Joe, but that's not Uncle Joe. No, those are our friends. That's father and son. I'm flattered, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should be. Uncle Joe's a character. Okay. I'm not your cousin. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but you can be friends. You can be friends. Um, and when my parents split, I ended up in um, low-income housing, what they call the ghetto. And um, that was very different to be into that environment and speak like this, uh, like the way we're speaking here. Um, there was a very different dialect happening in that location. And it took a long time. It took years to kind of um, acclimate to that and become part of that culture as well. And so there were a lot of times when I didn't necessarily feel like I belonged. Um, and then I started um, reading comics, like I said, and, and I found Star Wars and I felt better. I felt like I belonged and I felt like I'd found something that I could say was a part of me. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember that first Wonder Woman comic and it just changed my whole world. Like that was the first time I saw a woman, you know, as the hero. Um, and it, it just snowballed from there. <laughs> yes, you want to be in front of the camera? 
but this is not the Ahsoka show. <laughs> That's the only problem with that. So Maria, if I can ask, I mean, you said you found Star Wars. How, how exactly did you find reading it through comic books or did you watch uh, any of the films or TV shows? Well, that's, that's a great oh. question. Yes, I know. It's okay. We'll just move the wire this way. It's all right. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, children. no, no. That, that's, that's fine. You know, what are you going to do? It's a family that's show. What makes so. it. <laughs> that's exactly what makes it. Yeah, it's, it's a family podcast. So, absolutely fine. I, like I said, I grew up in Florida and um, my parents uh, met at Disney and um, they both worked there. So as a kid, I spent a lot of time in Disney um, and we would get snuck through the back a lot. So that was my first real memory of Star Wars was like seeing R2-D2 and Star Tours and having no idea what this thing was and just wanting to learn more about it. And daddy's like, well, that's for boys. You need to go over here and look at this princess stuff. And I was like, I really wanna know more about this. You know, and I thought it was exciting. There's this big gold robot walking around and I'm like, oh my gosh, look at that guy. He's amazing, you know? And, and I just remember being so excited about that. And it wasn't until later that I actually like, was able to watch the films. Um, I think the first time I saw anything uh, was Empire. And that was, um, I was what, 12 or something? I'm yes, so ma'am. Okay, well then you need to go downstairs and you need to ask dad to help you <laughs> with a snack. Okay, maybe you should do that. All right, there you are, ma'am. Thank you so much, appreciate you. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was um, the first time I had ever really interacted or saw a Star Wars, and it was like right in front of me. It wasn't like I read it in a book or anything like that, and it was really exciting. So I remember being very excited about that. Good question. Thank you. So what are some of the things you enjoyed as a child, like what were some of your hobbies? Comics, a lot of comic books. Um, we were poor, so we would go to this place called a flea market. Back in the day, you could go to a big, like, lobby, and it was a covered building. Mm -hmm. Oh, you have one here? Okay. Mm -hmm. And you could buy pre-owned things, like a comic book. So I would do chores on the weekends, and I would work my little booty off, and I would go, and I would buy two comics. And I did that for, like, five years. Um, and I was so excited every weekend to go. And um, that, that was kind of like my first adventure into any type of fandom. And it, it grew from there. That was really where I got the DC bug. And I never really left DC because Wonder Woman had made such a huge impression on me. Like I just, I'd never seen a woman in that role before so that was like wow because I didn't have any female role models like that in my personal life mm -hmm. okay so what are your favorite Star Wars movies series books or comics and why um I'm a Clone Wars lady <laughs> there it is um mm -hmm. I love the Clone Wars there's so much 
it's such a big world. And it was so bold at the time for George and Dave to set out and do this series completely in CGI. At this point in time, there, there wasn't a lot of that going on. Um, and uh, it, was, it was exciting to me. Again, a woman, right? In a position of power, a young girl with a lightsaber. Uh, I saw Ahsoka and I'm like, that's me. <laughs> um, at the time when the Clone Wars came out, um, <clears throat> Kerwin, sometimes when grownups make mistakes, um, they end up in certain hospitals to get better. Mm -hmm. um, and I was in one of those hospitals mm -hmm. um, for chemical uh, treatment. So sometimes when people get really sick and they need help, they have to go to a special hospital. And I was in that hospital when Clone Wars started and it really spoke to me. And I just had to watch it every time that it was on. I think it was like eight o'clock on a Friday or Saturday night. And um, because you're sharing a TV with all these other people, you kind of have to vote on what to watch, right? Because I'm living in this community with multiple people. And um, so I would, I would influence people to vote for Clone Wars. I'm like, either we're going to watch this or we're not going to get any yard time because I'm going to start a fight, you know, or whatever. And um, so that's how I was able to get everybody on board with the Clone Wars. And then more people started watching it and they liked it too. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's where I first fell in love with the Clone Wars. And I was a teenager when the prequels came out and they were cool but they didn't go anywhere, right? Like the prequels were there, but there was no story after that. There was nothing else, you know? And at that point in time, um, we were told that George Lucas wasn't gonna make another Star War. And so it was nice to see that stuff, but it was like, what do I do now? You know, it's, it's over. And then the Clone Wars came out. Uh, and that was really exciting for me. I saw this character that looked like me with full lips and brown skin. And I said, that's me. That's That's gotta be me. Now, does that mean that Ahsoka is your favorite character? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. I named my daughter after her. So uh -huh. yeah, um, it, it was a real treat to meet Ashley Eckstein. Um, you know, they say don't meet your heroes, but um, she's one of those people that has lived up to the hype like she she is a fans fan um she's that kind of person she was so excited to meet Ahsoka um and just you know have that dialogue with her and what a sweet and caring person she is um I just I can't say enough great things about Ashley and we're so lucky to have her in the fandom I I wish that all Star Wars stars were as kind and giving with their time, yeah. you know, because I know she's got a million and one things to do and she's running a fashion empire, you know what I mean? But yeah. she she never misses a beat, mm -hmm. right? She takes the time and she hears everybody's crazy stories, mm -hmm. you know, and, and she listened to us and it was like, wow, how charitable is she with her time? Like just a wonderful person to meet. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what is it about Star Wars that you find so compelling? The stories, 
um, that you can go out and you can apply them in your own way to your own life. Um, I, um, sorry, the baby, um, (laughs) what are you going to do? But, you know, to try to, I'm, I'm, I fancy myself in Ahsoka, but at the end of the day, I'm more of a gin. I'm just a a boots on the ground person, um, with a, with a gun and a dream, (laughs) you know? Uh, but I, I believe that Star Wars gives us, um, that moral compass, um, to show us right from wrong. There's so many great stories and lessons in there that we can apply in our own lives, in our own ways. Um, so it's it's very compelling to me in that way. And also, um, it's so much fun to imagine yourself in space, you know, in in the middle of a battle or flying a uh, an X-wing, you know, like. For me, that's that's very exciting. I've always been interested in technology and all of that sort of thing. So it's just the perfect mix of everything for me. You mentioned about life lessons. So are there any particular life lessons that you learn from Star Wars? And are there any life lessons you plan to pass on to your daughter? All the time. <laughs> all the time. Um, she's, um, she's growing every day. And... Um, it's, it's been nice um, sharing this with her, um, hopefully more as she gets older. She loves Forces of Destiny. Like Forces of Destiny is something that she can digest that's easy to understand right now for a three-year-old person. Um, <clears throat> and it makes her um, feel good about having a middle name like Ray, you know, when she sees Ray on the screen. Um, so it's, it's small bits and pieces because she's three, but... Um, there's so many great lessons about like Vader's redemption and you, you can make mistakes and you can learn from them and grow and become a better person or, you know, Ahsoka's journey. You know, I, I've been on a similar journey myself where (laughs) the people that you love will sometimes let you down and you have to be brave to find your own way. Wow. If that makes sense. No, it does. It does. We actually covered um, a story about Ahsoka, where we talked about how the Jedi failed Ahsoka. Um, mm. Yeah, um, it, you know, she was just very brave, and um, she just put so much trust in the Jedi Order. Um, and you know, unfortunately, she got involved in something where um, someone's life was was taken away, and she was accused of this um, this crime and. Mm-hmm. Um, the Jedi were not there for her, you know, they, they couldn't prove that she was innocent, but they also didn't really defend her uh, mm. from the Republic. So to, to us, their decision to uh, take her out of the Jedi order and, and, and strip her as a Padawan, you know, you know, strip away her position as a Padawan. Yeah, and, strip and away her rank as Padawan. Her rank as Padawan and cut off her uh, ponytail. Um, to me, it was all a political decision. And it had really mm-hmm. nothing to do with. They were beats because mm-hmm. if you're an alien, you get the beats. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It was a political decision. Um, so I, I hear what you're saying, where you know the people who you thought were your family, um, who was going to be there for you when the times got tough, uh, they turned it back on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I don't know if I've ever seen a more black trial in Star Wars mm-hmm. than that trial of Ahsoka Tano. Like at one point, Tarkin's like, "Just say you did it. Just." Just write your name and say you did it. I'm like, 
dag. That's us all day. Jesus, have mercy. Yeah. yeah. It was a very black trial. Yeah, very, very intimidating. You know, they're really trying to break her, you know, and trying to get her to take uh take responsibility for something she didn't do she didn't even do it yeah of course when the 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 actual suspect uh was found and Mm. wanted her to come back they kept trying to kiss him they're like it was a test we need you to come back we need you to come back Mm -hmm. it wasn't anakin's fault no the jedi council just did absolutely nothing yeah and she did the right thing with turning her back you know it's and she never looked back absolutely I wanted to uh, go in and talk about, you know, your love of Star Wars and your love of it. You had so much love of Star Wars that you decided you wanted to create a podcast. Um, Can you tell us uh, why did you decide to create a Star Wars podcast? Yeah. um, So it kind of came out of me listening to other podcasts. Um, And and I, I enjoyed that for a long time. I listened to a bunch of shows. Um, but I never heard a voice like mine. Mm-hmm. And at the time it was, um, George Floyd had just been murdered. Yeah. Um, there was a big shift going on in our culture. Um, and one of the shows I was listening to asked the question, are there any black women out there that like Star Wars? And I'm in my kitchen and I'm washing dishes and I raise my hand <laughs> and no one's there. <laughs> and I said, you know what? Uh, and and I got this mic about three years prior to that situation, but I never had a good enough reason uh, to start podcasting until then. And then um, Beyonce did that commencement speech, right? Build your own table, right? And it was like everywhere I looked, there were signs that it was it was time. It was time to do something. And I'm like, all right. So I, I put the tweet out. Um, the legendary tweet, are there any Black women who like Star Wars? And um, it just went bananas. I think we did like over 300 retweets and, you know, over a thousand likes. Anyway, it caught on and a bunch of women started showing up in my DMs. And um, then we built a Discord and, and then we started talking on Twitter and then we eventually recorded our first show, right? Um, and it's got over like 300 plays now to this day. So um, it, it's been wonderful building this network of women that I love and respect and trust and um, support in other ways that happen off the mic. You know, if they need something, they know I will be there. Uh, for them. So it's it's been wonderful uh, because even when I go to conventions, like I don't see anyone that looks like me. Yeah. I've been to Star Wars Celebration and saw like four Black people mm. and I smiled and waved at all of them. <laughs> hey, it's me, I'm here. What's up? <laughs> you know, because you just don't see it. You just don't see it. And um, there's not a big voice in the fandom saying, hey, come on over, you can hang with us. There, there isn't that right now. And I really wanted to be that mm-hmm. uh, voice mm-hmm. um, for others. And even when I go to other conventions, like it, it's getting better, but sheesh, it's, it's still tough 
to the find. Um, but yeah, creating Sisters with Savers um, and promoting other black owned businesses, promoting um, people who are in, who need support, right? Um, there's a couple social causes I'm sure we'll talk about today. Um, but um, that's been the most fulfilling. Uh, we did the More of Us campaign last year for the Loveland Foundation, uh, which brings mental health services to underprivileged uh, women of color um, and sometimes going into the neighborhood for those that are homebound, for those that have disabilities. You know, um, I think a lot of people forget like how difficult it is to get on a bus, right? If you're in a wheelchair and then get to your destination and then get into the, the door of the facility. And you know, all of that can be difficult if you're a single woman in a wheelchair trying to figure this out. Mm. Um, and they also offer therapy and low cost medication uh, for mental health as well. So um, we reached our goal of a thousand, uh, no, I'm sorry, 10,000 um, last week, I think. Um, so um, that was something that I was really passionate about was just getting the word out and really helping to support that community. Um, and, and I didn't do it alone. I had a lot of help and a lot of support. Um, from a lot of different podcasts and individuals. So I want to tell everyone who supported that cause, thank you so much. Um, my commitment to Sisters is that it'll always be nonprofit. It will always be a, a vehicle for humanitarian aid and social causes. Um, and that's really important to me. In a landscape where there are people that are doing this for, for money, and, and that's fine that's fine, but I really want this to be more than that, right? Because I, I believe that's what Ahsoka Tano would do, right? She wouldn't just do it for herself. She would do it to make the galaxy a better place, right? Um, so that's how I show the lessons of Star Wars in action. Yeah, Sisters of Sabre is a very important um, it's very important to have uh, that platform um, because you're right. We don't have many women of color who are Star Wars fans or, and if it wasn't for you coming forward, asking the question, you know, who is a Star Wars fan? Who's interested? There may not be, you know, I don't know if anyone else would have taken that mantle and say, Hey, okay, well, if Maria doesn't create a podcast, maybe I will. Um, so the question I wanted to ask you when you, talked about that tweet and you got so much attention and interest in the pod, in the podcast um, how were you able what criteria did you use to find the women that you thought would work together and be able to put this podcast together where you do have women of uh, you know maybe different ages and different background talking about Star Wars and talking about other topics that are considered, you know, maybe controversial. So how were you able to <laughs> decide who you wanted to have on the podcast as a part of Sisters with Sabres? No, I really didn't have a big plan, you know, because as, as a person of color, sometimes you don't have a choice. You know, there's, there's only so many of us out there. Um, I knew for sure I wanted Raven to be a part of the group. I, I knew a few women of color 
um, that were already on social media who had different points of view than I do, because I'm a Clone Wars kid, like that's my jam. But Raven is an old school, right? She's an original trilogy person. And I knew I wanted that voice to be heard as well, that we've been here since the beginning, that there was someone here. Um, so outside of that, I really don't have any criteria. You're a member when you say you are. When If you wanna join us, come join us. If you if you decide that this ain't for you no more, then that's cool too. You know, um, I, I really wanted to keep it open and loose um, so that as many voices could be heard as possible. Um, and for those individuals who maybe don't have the means, right? They don't have a mic or they don't, you know, have, those items like I've done my best to try to provide those items to people if I can and I have the financial means to do that um, because it's important to me that we get as many voices as possible. I also do the editing myself because I don't want to burden them with that. Like um, I want it to be a place where people can just come talk about whatever they want to talk about and leave. I didn't want it to become work for them. So I purposely kind of own the lion's share of the promotion, um, the editing, the concept. Um, Liv will work on the agenda with me because that's something that she's interested in. Like I'll, I'll ask people, if you're interested in this, I'd love to have more help. Um, but I don't believe in delegating or anything like, I'm, I'm not the leader. I'm, I'm the coach, you know what I mean? Like, that's my thing. It's like, it's bigger than me, right? So I, I don't try to make a decision of, okay, you're in charge of, you know, merchandise and you're in charge of this and you're in charge of that, you know, because then then it's not fun anymore, you know? And, and that was the whole goal was for us to have fun and talk about things that matter to us. You mentioned that when you go to previous conventions, Star Wars conventions, that there's only a handful of people there who look like you. Mm -hmm. What does Star Wars need to do to get a more diversified group of uh, fans? That's a good question. Um, uh, it's a big one, isn't it? Um, I think the first step is treating black actors with respect. That's, that's something that doesn't cost anything. Um, when you have people like um, Thandi Newton that come and tell you it's not a good idea to kill the first um, leading black woman with speaking lines in a movie, you should probably take that suggestion. Um, the other thing is supporting the existing black characters, right? Um, so there's, there's a, a black character in the Disney parks, right? Um, geez, her name escapes me, the blue haired lady. Um, and she's around the parks in Galaxy's Edge. Help me out, Kerwin. What's her name? Yeah, yeah isn't her name Vi or something? Vi Marathi. There it is. Yes. It's somewhere in my brain. It's a, it's around. She was in the Lego set. Oh, yeah, really? you gotta you gotta bear with me. I did a lot of spice no, no. in my day. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> is she a Star Wars character? Yeah, okay. she is. She's from the books. Oh, she's but 
Oh, got it. Okay, Galaxy. The point okay. is when mm -hmm. people see her in the parks, they don't know who she is and they don't know that she's a big deal. On top of that, she's black, right? Mm -hmm. So it's very easy to walk right past her. Got you it. know, so we have to do Star Wars itself has to do that work to support that character, right? It's not enough to just put her out there, put her next to Han Solo, co-sign her, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's something that doesn't happen enough um, for other people in Star Wars to really get excited about it. Um, we need to be bold enough to put more leading characters that aren't white at the forefront of the screen and give them fully flushed out um, characters and, and stories. Um, you know, like what happened to Finn. You know, he started out in a place and by the time we're done, he's, he's an afterthought. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's part of the problem. The other part of the problem is the fandom itself has to change. They have to understand that we want to be part of this, but we need your help, right? It's up to you guys to help us, right? And support us. And sometimes that means when it's February to <laughs> retweet a black content creator, you know, mm -hmm. uh, those are ways that you can help that cost nothing. You know, I think the other thing is um, looking at the book of Boba Fett, it was really smart to reach out to Thundercat someone who is a famous black person that loves Star Wars and to put him in a role. The thing that didn't work with Thundercat is he's there, but nobody knows who he is, right? No one says his name. The same thing happened with Space Drake. Mm -hmm. Got 15 minutes of, of, of screen time and put hot sauce all over it, but we never hear anyone mention his name, mm -hmm. right? Um, and if it wasn't for subtitles, we wouldn't even know. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and he probably had to fight for that 15 minutes, you know, and it's like, you know, give the guy a break. He did a spin like he, he did the best he could with the little bit of screen time he had. And you know what? You're still talking about it. So it must have been pretty cool. OK. That's a very. Good you know, let me just say that one and I'll, I'll leave it alone. But, you know, what I mean, and, and way cooler than Chewie were home then. I'm sorry, it's corny. Um, <laughs> my views are my own. Thank you very much. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, I think those are simple things that we can do to reach out and sort of bring black fans in even like major news sites like CNN, you're looking at two black newscasters and they both look at each other like star Wars. What, you know, and it's because they're not going out of their way to speak <laughs> to us. You know, I have hope for the Lando series that maybe we'll get it then. But even then, like, it's not enough for us to get one series and to be segregated over here. Like, we need to be in the front and the foreground of what's going on. I think reaching out to famous Black folks like Thundercat that are already fans um, is a smart way to go. Or to reach out to other Black celebrities and bring them in and listen to what they have to say, for sure. I think Missy Elliott would do so well in Star Wars. If, if I had, you know, three people off the top of the dome that are incredibly famous Black people that haven't been featured in Star Wars that should be, that can make a lot of noise, I would say for sure Missy's up there. I would say for sure, um, 
what's her name? I think Brandy would be fantastic for sure. Um, and you know who else I think would be really interesting? I'm, I'm just gonna say it uh, because he's one of those people that um, can make something out of nothing, Snoop Dogg. Interesting. <laughs> like, I, I think he would be so cool. And he kind of did it in um, the Mount Westmore uh, trailer. He did a Mandalorian style trailer. So I just, I would love to see him in, in Star Wars for real. And he's shown interest. Ah. So it, it's right there, Star Wars, go call him, you know? And, and what a great way to, to signal that you're interested in us. You know, I, I think Disney has well intentions. Um, I, I believe that they are listening to the fans. Um, they just I'm, don't know how best to, well, to, to incorporate what people are saying. Yeah, I, I think it's something that, you know, takes time, time. Yes, um but i i they were going in the right direction with finn you know when we heard about finn about this character the stormtrooper going rogue um you saw the excitement in john boyega's eyes when he was doing the interviews and he's saying that you know i'm going to be starring in a star wars movie and we were excited for him we just mm -hmm. couldn't wait and something just happened where you know maybe someone behind the scenes just got cold feet about mm -hmm. having featuring um, uh, a person of color as a star of Star Wars, and it they just it down just changed their mind. Just Finn Finn was like one of the leads in the Force Awakens. Right. He did a lot of stuff, and then they basically removed him in the Last Jedi, and then in the Rise of Skywalker, he did not do that much. Right, and I, and I think it started with the 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 third act of. The Force Awakens, you know, when they're in the forest and Finn is fighting Kylo and he gets struck down by Kylo's lightsaber. And then from there on, it then became about Rey, which I'm not saying was a it's bad not, It's idea. not a bad choice. Yeah. It's just that they, they should put some Finn in there at some point or another. Rey is a, <laughs> yeah, Rey is a great character. Alert, apparently Finn is force sensitive too. So yeah, and that was can he not have gone with, have undergone training with Rey? Yeah. Yeah, so there were some missed opportunities there with Finn, and I don't know what happened. You know, all of a sudden, I think they just stopped, and um, you know, and maybe it, it was economical. You know, because of the movies, they're they're um, so um, it, it's very important that these movies make a lot of money all mm -hmm. over the world, um, and which is all well and good. You know, that was that that's that was their focus, but now we have Disney Plus, and I think Disney Plus really opens the doors for so many stories um mm -hmm. in regards to um you know creating characters of diverse backgrounds um i think they're on their way and i think that's the purpose of disney plus so some of the things that maybe they could not have done in film made it, that may have been too risky they can do it now and you know i'm i'm hoping that they are i'm sure right now they're developing something behind the scenes they're not saying a lot about what they're doing what their plans are maybe they're saving it for mm -hmm celebration in may but I, I you know i i do believe this will change I, I i really believe that because if they want star wars to be you know going on 45 years for the original star wars if they want star wars to be here for another 45 years they gotta you know, do something yeah they'll there's more, <laughs> i was just gonna be frank they have to do something yeah yeah there's, there's, come on you sound like me no. sometimes well, you know sometimes 
like a friend does something that's completely wrong and doesn't make any sense. Yeah, Star Wars, Star Wars does that sometimes. <laughs> Although I must say, the Bo- Boba Fett was excellent. They did pretty good on that, and like everything else. Yeah, the movies were great. Right, and, then and the other TV shows, Clone right. Wars, Rebels, Resistance, Mandalorian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially the Mandalorian. Yeah, I think Disney Plus TV is opening more doors uh, for having people of diverse backgrounds, having representation in the writer's room, you know, bringing in more writers. This is the opportunity to do so, bringing writers of diverse backgrounds, bringing directors. Um, So I I think it will change. I think Star Wars needs to evolve, and they know that. And it's coming. So let's see what happens during celebration. You know, maybe they'll Are you guys going? No, yes, <laughs> well, yeah. Keith is dreaming that we're going to be there. I don't know <laughs> anything can happen between now and May, but I understand that you're going right. I, I will be there. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's wonderful. That's one of three days. So, yeah, that's, that's I'll check in with you guys. I'll yeah, share well, what I, if you want to see it, I'll FaceTime you. You can check it out. Oh, that would be awesome. So, are, mm-hmm. are you planning? Okay, well, that's great. I was going to ask you, are you planning to do anything live stream or are you just going to enjoy it as a fan? But it sounds I, like you, you know, I just enjoy it as a fan. Like this will be the first time I've ever gone as a content creator. Right. Um, I wasn't able to go to Chicago because I was still breastfeeding Ahsoka at that point in time. And that is an incredible feat that I don't think women get enough credit for. If you've ever like had to deal with that, you know how exhausting and draining it is just to get that eight ounces or whatever you can get out. It's, it's really work. Um, but I wasn't able to attend um, Chicago. I went to Orlando and it was a lot of fun. Um, and we we met Hayden Christensen and lots of other people. And that was wild. And I had an out-of-body experience. And, and all of that was great. And then like the depression afterwards of like, oh, I got to go back to the real world. Mm. But um, yeah, I'm excited to go. I don't know that I'll do any like live streaming or anything like that. Uh, you know, I, I'm a fan first, right? Sure. Um, but, you know, I might um, like do some FaceTiming or whatever and record a little bit, but it's really not my focus when I'm there. I just want to relax. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That That's awesome. Yeah. But like I said, we don't know what's going to happen between All now. right. Now well, and- I hope to see you guys there. If you're there, I got to get some stickers made for the show and sort of get the word out. I think that'll help a little bit too. Yes. But, you know, I, I never want to sell any merchandise for the show. I've thought about like doing merchandise for a nonprofit or something like that. But, um, you know, I don't want any financial gain out of this thing. Understood. But yeah, I get what you're saying about Star Wars and hope hopefully the future will be different. Um, but yeah, there's some changes that have to be made. I want to see more from Rick Famuyiwa. Like he's really a great director and he's got a great vision. And I just want him to have more opportunities um, to showcase that. And and hopefully those those opportunities are coming. Um, It's really interesting when you talk about Finn and where that character started. Um, Because when they were auditioning that character it was a co-lead role. If you look back at those original scripts, the sides that they had those folks read um, when they were in the barn, which was the Falcon, of course, um, as we come to know, that character um, had a lot more to do. 
And somehow, mysteriously, once John Boyega got cast, the character took a turn. And it was just interesting how that happened as soon as we knew who this character would be all of a sudden the role also started to diminish. Like, I think that that's something that they need to be aware of in the future. And the same with Val, like, yes. you know, did, did we really need Woody Harrelson for the whole movie? Cause we could have easily swapped Val and Beckett and still gotten the same outcome. Woody Harrelson still gets paid. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, Thandie Newton was first still gets paid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Danny Newton still gets paid and you get a chance as the viewer to lend more credibility to Han Solo's man about the world, well-traveled persona because his mentor was a black woman. Like how how much more credibility does that lend to that character uh, to just take those two characters and flip them? That makes perfect sense, yes. Maybe maybe we'll get a solo too. I liked solo. I thought it was fun. Yeah. Me- everything doesn't have to go somewhere. You know, everything doesn't have to tie back to Vader. It's it's okay. Yes. Because yes. you know, sometimes when you use the same plot device over and over again, it fails. <laughs> Although nobody ever gets tired of Vader. Let's be real. <laughs> He's Vader. it doesn't matter what type of story you're telling about vader when you hear his name and you hear him appearing in something you know it 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 brings excitement Mm -hmm. Um, i wanted to talk about marshall oh (laughs) we got time for cobb vanth we talking about cobb vanth in here no 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 i'm actually talking about marshall mathers (laughs) oh boy uh we got Children in the room. We can't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Good gravy. <laughs> well, you know, I, you know, I've been, you know, looking at your, 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 your don't big look, fan. don't look, look away. <laughs> don't look at me making a fool out of myself for him. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I didn't want to, you know, you know, let this uh, conversation go without bringing him up. Um, <laughs> So it was interesting. So the day when the uh, the Rock Hall nominations were being announced, you mentioned that, you know, this could be it for, for Eminem. This could be the time when he gets nominated. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying to myself, well, wait a second. I mean, the criteria is that you have to be, you have to have an album released 25 years before you can get nominated. So right. I actually thought his first album was a Slim Shady LP, but it was not. It was not. Right. Okay. And I did not know that infinite mm-hmm. yes exactly right so he is quite time flies doesn't it i mean yeah, I, he I produced I really that record he... with his own money with the yeah. bass brothers back in detroit um some 25 odd years ago um i'm so proud of him mm-hmm. um so <laughs> mm-hmm. um i first became an eminem fan when i was uh 16 years old um i took three buses to get the slim shady lp And at that point in time, I didn't know what he looked like. Um, I just heard the line, you know, my mom does more dope than I do. And I said, wow, someone who has my experience, um, my mom uh, wasn't the best mom. Uh, I don't think she was prepared to be a mom. And so um, I grew up in an environment with a lot of drug use, a lot of alcohol abuse, Um, And this was someone who got it, right? Who also shared that experience with me, Um, you know, of (laughs) not having anyone at home. 
Uh, and I really gravitated to that. And I finally got my hands on the album and I can just remember being on the bus and putting that CD. Uh, Kerwin, once upon a time, there was this thing called a CD. I think I remember those. <laughs> that you put. <laughs> you put. I seem to remember some it's a round shiny disc yeah when, <laughs> when people actually use cds yeah. before the that's right those came out that everybody threw their dvd player out of the window yeah I or in our case a, into the trash can i still have a cd collection so don't let there you go yeah well, i'm not <laughs> yeah but exactly. uh so. you, you know the, Nobody really uses CDs anymore. No, well, this true. is why I have an MP3 player. So you have an MP3 player. Oh, fancy. There you go. With no songs on it. Well, I mean, everything's digital now. So, but um, back in those days, it was a real feat to get that CD. And I was 16, right? So I wasn't legally supposed to have that CD because uh, it had a little black and white sticker that said, this guy's going to say some naughty words. And um, he did, <laughs> and I loved it. <laughs> and um, it just kind of grew and grew. So this year he will be nominated into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland in October. And I am doing everything I can to get a front row ticket. Um, I need to be there for him and, and to celebrate with him. Uh, it's been a long journey for him. Uh, he's one of the few people that I feel like would be able to relate to what it's like to walk into a room and nobody looks like you mm. and you have to prove yourself. And that's something that I do every day at work. I work in um, a business environment where I walk into that meeting room and I'm the only one that looks like me. And I have to prove it over and over and over again, why I belong here. And uh, he's one of those people that gets that. And, um, you know, he's been very lucky to have people around him that care about him. Um, he's also been through chemical addiction and treatment and made it out the other side. And, uh, yeah, we just, we have a lot in common and he's um, very special to me, we'll say. Absolutely. And that makes sense. Perfect sense. He is an icon and I do wish him well. I think he will be inducted. And uh, so we'll wait and see, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I want to show him my tattoo in person. There it is. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> wonderful. That's wonderful. And, yeah, yeah I, I also I want to, uh, you know, just wrap it up by uh, talking about you using your platform to raise social awareness. Um, there are some projects or causes that you're currently involved in. Do you want to discuss those, talk more about them? Yeah, yeah, that's a great um, point. Um, so Olivia has a lady that she's working with um, who is in, Talisha's in the middle of a crisis actually. Her son, Armin, uh, was killed in a car accident about three months ago. Um, and he was a vegetable, he was on life support. Um, she got COVID in the middle of that and could not continue to finance his life support. So they did pull the plug. Um, since that time, um, she's been trying to work to catch up on her bills and she hasn't been able to secure her son's remains. Um, as a parent, I'm, I'm sure you can understand um, exactly how important that is to be able to 
if nothing else, lay your child to rest. Like it's the one thing that no parent ever wants to have to do, um, but she's she's been trying her best to get this done. Um, and, and so I'm really stressing the importance of helping her during this difficult time um, with securing the remains um, and bringing her boy home to her. Okay. So yeah. um, if, if anyone has the, the means to do so, um, I will leave the link for you guys at the end of the show um, and her cash app and all that stuff. Um, and it's also on the Sisters with Sabres Twitter uh, and my personal Twitter. Um, the hashtag is Tandy Strong. So if you um, are privileged enough to give, um, please feel free to do so. Um, it's just, um, it's a really sad series of instances. And, you know, COVID's hit a lot of people, especially hard, but this story just kind of just grasped my heart really hard. And I'm just like, wow, we, we have to do something. We have to do something to help, um, you know, as a single mother, you know, and that's your only baby, you know, and that's all you can do is, is fight to get him home in some way. So um, for those people who feel privileged enough to give, like that would be a great cause to do so. Um, Sisters is also going to support um, Trans Texas. Um, let me go grab it. It's up here somewhere. Um, so in the month of March, a lot of the Star Wars content creators are all kind of, we're going to band together again and do the Avengers thing. Uh, for another great cause. Um, so it's for um, trans kids in Texas because they're um, under attack, um, unfortunately, um, by certain lawmakers and religious leaders. They're cutting off um, healthcare avenues and changing some school rules, um, which make it easier for trans kids to be bullied at school. And, and we want to fight that. Um, so we are supporting um, their mission. Let me go grab their information as well. Um, the campaign is uh, going to kick off February 29th uh, for sure. Uh, but the benefit is for Equality Texas. And I will also put their information in my Twitter. It should be one of the first things that you see there. Um, if you guys feel like you have a, a space to give or retweet or support that endeavor, that's gonna be going on all throughout March. Yes, we will. Um, and then I think we're gonna be doing a live stream um, based on the fashions of Star Wars for specifically for the charity benefit. Um, and then I know Pink Milk is doing something for uh, romance in Star Wars. So it's going to be like a weekly thing where everybody's going to get involved and do something to kind of raise awareness and get the funds to, to support this endeavor. Um, Texas has really turned into a, a battleground for a lot of people's human rights, unfortunately, and I'm not quite sure why, but um, we want to do everything we can to sort of protect everyone's rights um, to choose and 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 to be heard and be validated in that way, if possible. Um, 
And then the last thing is um, an author, Mina London, that we're supporting this month. Um, she wrote a children's book uh, with her daughter and it's called Dancing on the Moon. And uh, it's really about a little girl who um, wants to be a ballerina, but on the earth, there are no ballerinas that look like her. So she goes and she dances on the moon. And I just thought that story was just beautiful. So if you're looking for a children's book, if you um, have a child of color, if you don't have a child of color, if you work in a dentist's office and you're looking for a new children's book, check out Dancing on the Moon. Like it's, it's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all of those regular book places, Walmart, Target, um, check it out. It's a wonderful book to have and to share that uplifting message with a young person. I, I don't know of a better gift you can give someone. Well, those are very important causes that we will definitely support. So thank you for sharing those with us. And then, yeah. yeah. And then where can people find you? <laughs> um, so at Sabres With is the Sisters with Sabres account. We have TikTok, we have Instagram. So if you type in Sisters with Sabres, you'll get all of that information. Um, if you're really bored, you can follow me at Blurred Girl Jedi. And I'm not going to tell you what you're going to see. You can see anything. There ain't no telling <laughs> what you're going to see, you know, depending on what's going on with me and how I'm feeling that day. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, especially if, the, if it's Marshall's birthday, watch out. I, I don't know what you're going to see. You know, I'm not responsible for that. <laughs> so, you know, but um, the, the girls are also great follows. If you're not already following Raven, um, uh, Liv, um, G, you know, you can follow those individuals. Um, but yeah, if you listen to Sisters with Sabres, you'll get everyone's social. So awesome. we're available on just about every podcast platform there is. If you just type in Sisters with Sabres podcast, it'll take you where you need to go. Yeah. Well, Maria, thank you again for your time. The host, co-founder and host of Sisters with Sabres. Um, your platform is very important. And I just love the topics that you discuss and the range of topics is just um, so much to, you know, so much to talk about. And, you know, we really need to hear your voices. And we just thank you for creating this podcast. And you have fans here, we will support you. Oh, thank you so much. That means so much. I'm gonna cry. Yeah. I gotta have you guys back on the show too, and do Absolutely. some more synergy. That's Absolutely. dope. But yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Now, thank you once again. And Keith, where can people find us? Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, Amazon Music, Audible, Pandora, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. And we're also on and YouTube. Google Podcasts. And Google Podcasts. We have a website. Yeah, followsmygalaxy.com. Okay. All right. So you're going to be all right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you made it. You did. You did. You, you did a great job. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Thanks again. All right. For everyone, thank you for tuning in. Until next time, take care and we will see you again.